If you have a goal, but your nervous system is consistently signaling to the world that this goal is dangerous, that the situation is dangerous, that you're stressed about it, that something feels really, really bad, then the results are going to be probably negative. The results are going to be people distancing from this, you know, signal of this is not safe. And so when you are triggered, you first go into fight or flight and you, you go into anxiety, you go into thoughts of like, this sucks, I hate this, or like really, you know, just very kind of rageful, intense kind of feeling. And if that doesn't get resolved, then you go into helplessness. Welcome to Deep Within. On this show, we dive deep into the nervous system, emotional healing, and transformation from within the body. When I started my personal development journey, it was all in the mind, doing affirmations, visualizations, listening to endless motivational videos. And I found that this approach without actually getting my body on board only left me in deeper shame and distress. So this is actually how I discovered somatic body-based healing. My name is Marina Yanai Triner, and I am the Compassionate Somatic Coach. I am gentle, sensitive, and I love deep conversations. I am so, so, so excited and so glad you're here so we can feel like we're together in our own little bubble of deep talks. This is the thing that I swear changed my life more than literally anything I've ever learned and I'm so 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 excited to share with you as in-depth as possible my understanding my learnings and my tools around triggers and I became super obsessed with triggers when I actually started my business in the very beginning I had a different business than this one it was a plant-based health coaching business and you know, when you sort of embark on a big journey like that and you really expose yourself like you really as a business owner, you're so vulnerable and parts of you are seen that, you know, no one has ever seen for the first time ever. And it's really exposed to the world on social media, etc. And so much comes to the surface. And the cool thing is that there's an entire industry all around how to hold yourself as a business owner. I think it's kind of like when you have a baby. Like I always think that my business used to be my baby. I don't really feel that way anymore. But when I started, it definitely felt that way. And that was like seven or eight years ago, maybe more. Crazy to think about. Um, and that industry often says that your challenges within your business are your greatest gifts. And the main thing about learning to navigate a business really, really well, and to be able to stay in it and not quit, is to be able to deal with the challenges. So I understood this on a cognitive level really quickly when I first started my business, but I had no idea how to go about it. And that's how over time I became obsessed with triggers because at first, I started to try to tackle the emotional and mental challenges of having a business through my mind, 
So I would watch a lot of motivational videos. I would do a lot of meditations. I would recite affirmations. I would watch all these other business owners or people who have done like really incredible things in their life. Talk about how challenging it was and how those challenges made them stronger and got them to where they are today. And to some extent, that was helpful just to see that I'm not the only one struggling. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to move through these challenges that feel so difficult that literally put me in bed for days? Like, what are the tools? Give me the damn tools, you know? Like affirming, I am a successful business owner. That was not working for me. And at that time, I had no idea about the body and the nervous system and all of that. And that's really how I got to discover everything because I wanted a real pathway, not just thoughts, not just affirmations. Those things did not work for me. So I continued to search and I continued to try to see, okay, what could actually help me? And I went to so many coaches and took so many programs and paid a lot of money until I really got to the deaths, which to me is triggers. So when I learned about this concept of triggers, it was so eye-opening, so fascinating, and it really explained my experience. So the concept of triggers, let's break it down. It's all about when you're going through a challenge in life, and that challenge is so big and you just feel stuck. You just feel stuck. You feel overwhelmed. You feel a lot, a lot, a lot of emotions. You just really don't know how to move through it. And what's happening is not actually in your mind. It's a real experience in your body. What's happening is that your body is essentially reliving a trauma from the past. So something happens in your daily life that is sparking a connection to the past. And suddenly it's not just like your brain is thinking about a past memory. And this is like really key to understand because if your brain was thinking about a past memory and you knew that it was over, then you wouldn't be triggered. And that's the whole process that I teach in my online courses of moving through those triggers. It is about actually having the tools for your body to get on board into the knowing that that past memory and trauma is actually over. So it doesn't get to be navigating your current life experience. It's not a thing that you look through the world with. But when you are triggered, what is happening is something occurs in your present life, in, your, in the present moment, and suddenly your body feels really, really, really unsafe because your body is tuning in to a past trauma that hasn't been processed. When trauma is processed, it becomes wisdom. It doesn't act like pain anymore. It doesn't act like a a trigger anymore or something that you wear as glasses and look into the world and you feel unsafe. But when trauma happens in your childhood, in your adulthood, any time in your life, 
and you don't actually process it by digesting all the challenging emotions that come from the trauma. You're not actually working through those emotions. You're not feeling the grief, the sadness, the rage, whatever emotions come up around that challenging time in your life then it's like undigested material and it's floating around your body, heavy, 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 tense, 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 hard, icky, and it's just waiting for that thing in your present experience to spark it into life. And when it's sparked into life, the experience in your body is so challenging. And that is the way that I really recognize a trigger. It's many, many levels. It's not just through the body, but for me, through the body is the easiest way. Because when I have a physical experience of sensations that are really heavy, tense, tight, I feel like I'm drowning, it's overwhelming, or I feel nothing, like I feel numb, that's a pretty clear sign that I'm triggered. There's also other signs. There's the way that we talk, the thoughts that we're having, the beliefs that are getting activated in our behavior and the world. But the reason that I really focus on the somatic or body-based experience and why my whole entire body of work is all around this is that this is the easiest way to also transform triggers. And by easy, I actually don't mean easy. It's not easy work. It's really challenging. It's just pretty simple. It's simple, but you really need to have those deep, deep, deep tools that allow you to access this trigger in a profound way and not just to work on your beliefs, not just to see that, okay, the beliefs that I'm having right now are actually not true, or the emotions that I'm having right now are not actually connected to the reality. They're really exaggerated. Mm, that's not going to do the trick. Or when you tell yourself, I'm actually safe, everything's okay, right? Because your body is getting activated and feeling unsafe. And that's really what matters. Your body in that moment is determining your experience. And it's very, very challenging to shift it just through your mind. So these, this is sort of the definition of a trigger. It is something that happens in your present day experience that brings up a past trauma into your body and makes you view reality in a skewed way because just a side note that's really important if it was making you view reality for real like you are in danger and you feel in danger and you start to enact the systems that are available in your body to move through danger that would be a really good thing. Like if you're getting a chase by a lion, you're not triggered. You're actually unsafe. Like you are actually in danger and you want to be able to access those things like fight, flee, or freeze, or fawn. I don't know how much with a lion, but with a human, yes, hell yes. Those mechanisms, those pathways are actually going to help you. They're going to support you in moving through the danger, right? But when you're triggered, you're not really in danger. Your body is perceiving that you are. So that's a really, really important side note. And again, how we recognize it is through our thoughts, 
our beliefs, our emotions, our sensations, and our behaviors, all of those levels. So why is it so damn important to work with your triggers? And what gets to shift when you actually have the tools to work with your triggers? Oh my God, like, I'm so grateful to learn this because I literally believe there's nothing more important or helpful that I've ever, 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 ever learned in my whole life than these tools of how I work through my triggers. And it's because relationships bring up triggers. Your work brings up triggers. Any goal that you have brings up triggers. So if you're the kind of person who chooses to just continue your life as it is, like you don't have a lot of goals, you're just like okay with things as they are, which I don't think you are if you're listening to my podcast, then it's probably not really going to help you to work with triggers because you're just going to keep the same patterns that you have from childhood and you're totally cool with that. And if you're the kind of person who has goals, let's say you have goals that are very different from how you grew up or how your parents grew up or how your grandparents grew up. You have goals perhaps like financial goals or goals around how you want your relationships to look like or the amount of meaning that you have in your life or the amount of fulfillment that you experience in your life, aliveness that you experience in your life, the quality of your life, the quality of your relationships. If you have goals around any of those things, then learning how to work with your triggers is literally the number one tool that you need. Because on this pathway of tuning into these new goals and changing your life and living very differently than how you did in your childhood or how your parents or grandparents did, you're going to encounter a shitload of triggers because you're creating a new reality that doesn't feel safe. You're creating a new reality that is inherently going to be unfamiliar to you and to your body and it's not going to feel safe what feels safe to us paradoxically because a lot of times it's actually like even physically unsafe like maybe violence or abuse neglect all these things that are not actually safe to us even physically and emotionally they might feel really really safe because that's what your childhood looked like and the human brain is searching for the familiar and that's the first layer of safety that we have so if you have any kinds of goals and if you have a goal that means you don't have it yet right so it's like different from your current experience knowing how to work with triggers that arise as you work towards that goal is going to be so huge for example i'm just going to take money because one of my most listened to podcasts was about how i was able to work with my triggers around money, which I still have, by the way, but it's really incredible because I have made more money than my whole family ever has. And so in order to even get to that point, you know how much shame and guilt and fear and sadness and disgust and rage comes up along that journey? Holy crap, like so much because you know, I don't know this path. I don't, I haven't lived it. I haven't watched anybody close to me live it. So I'm creating a path. I'm 
paving my own path. And there were so many moments of desperation, of feeling like a victim, of feeling like I can't do this, I don't know how to do this, of facing rejection within my business, of feeling like I'm totally crazy and I should just like go work a nine to five to have a stable income, um, of struggling to save money because I watched my family always save money and it's such a turnoff for my system. So on all those levels, my brain was on board. It was like, I want money. Um, I want to feel happy about money. I want to save money. I want to make a lot of money. Like I want to donate money, you know, all these things. They're very, very clear, right? And if it was just up to my brain, it would be so easy and I would be able to do it like so, so easily. But I couldn't and I struggled. And the reason is because of triggers, of triggers that come up that make me feel unsafe on that path. And the thing is, on the nervous system level, that's also really important to understand. Our nervous systems are always communicating with one another. So I have an amazing client who has also a lot of potential client meetings, just like me. And when I asked her, how do you feel when you go into those meetings? Because so many of them end up unsuccessful to her. She would say, I feel like I have to perform. I feel stressed. I don't feel good. I don't feel like it's fun, you know? And so to me, it's like, well, no surprise that the result was always lack of success, right? Lack of a yes from that potential client. And that is because other people are reading your nervous system subconsciously way before they read the words that are coming out of your mouth. Other people are reading your nervous system. And if your nervous system feels stressed, meaning you go into fight or flight, and you feel stressed out, then of course other people are going to read, something is dangerous here. Like, I want to get away, right? Because if you're around another person in your tribe who is signaling danger to you, you're going to run. You're going you're gonna to run from that situation or you're going to fight the situation. But you're definitely not going to stay in the situation. And so... That's really helpful to know because if you have a goal, but your nervous system is consistently signaling to the world that this goal is dangerous, that the situation is dangerous, that you're stressed about it, that something feels really, really bad, then the results are going to be probably negative. The results are going to be people distancing from this, you know, signal of this is not safe. And so when you are triggered, you first go into fight or flight and you, you go into anxiety, you go into thoughts of like, this sucks. I hate this. Or like really, you know, just very kind of rageful, intense kind of feeling. And if that doesn't get resolved, then you go into helplessness. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. This is too much. I'm stuck. I don't know. I'm going to lay in bed. I should quit. Procrastination, right? Avoiding overwhelm. All of these kinds of patterns. 
So I hope that by now it makes perfect sense to you. If you are stuck in something within your life, if you have a goal and it feels like such a big goal, it feels like you want to have such a big impact on the world and you're not able to, I hope that listening to this so far is giving you some recognition and feeling that you're not messed up. There's nothing wrong with you. You shouldn't be ashamed of yourself. And of course, there are many also ways to work with that shame too, not just cognitively. But like my message is there is nothing wrong with you. You're getting stuck as a very natural process. If you weren't getting stuck, it would be weird. You know, like that's where I would be like, okay, we need to check your nervous system. Something is wrong. So that is like my big, big, big message to you is nothing is wrong with your nervous system. Your nervous system is brilliant. It's doing exactly what it should. And this is the path. And, you know, if you have come into this world with a lot of trauma, whether your own trauma or trauma that you inherited from your family, from the generations before you, maybe like me, you are a minority that's been persecuted in the world, then the level of triggers is going to be higher. So I'm sorry to say that. But at the same time, I want to cheer you on and say that the amount of perseverance and resilience that your body holds is also much, much higher. So if you actually learn these amazing tools and you go on this pathway to create an amazing life on all kinds of levels then your ability to move through difficult situations is actually much higher. All you need are the tools. And as a side note, by the way, <laughs> the beautiful tools, I have put them together. I have packaged them in the most perfect way in my online courses. That's literally what I created my courses for. They're all about giving you the tools to work through triggers on in all kinds of different situations and ways. And right now, this month, all of my courses are 20% off with the code I love you, all capital letters, I love you. And all of that information is in the show notes. There are nearly a thousand humans that have gone through my courses and have absolutely loved them. They're kick ass, they give you the most incredible powerful practices and tools. It's not just about information. It's not just about cognitively understanding this stuff, but it's about having the powerful tools to move through whatever is coming up for you. So go check it out. Take that 20% off and use it because these courses are life-changing. So now let's come back to, now that you know why it's important to work with your triggers and you understand your nervous system responses and that they make sense and that they're, they're great. There's nothing wrong with them. I want to talk about a particularly frustrating and challenging type of a trigger, which is triggers in relationships. So I kind of talked about just general triggers around your goals, you know, just to kind of illustrate this a bit more before I go into the relationship stuff. This could be a text that you get. This could be a stare that somebody gives you, a sentence that you hear from somebody's mouth, and you see their body language and their facial features and their tone. 
Um, this could be an event that you are supposed to go to and you're freaking out. This could be around rejection. This could be around abandonment and loss. Um, so many things, right? So many things. And in relationships, I have always found in my own life and literally with every client I've ever worked with, that relationship triggers are some of the trickiest triggers to move through, especially the more intimate and close the relationship is, the more challenging it is. And that's because our intimate relationships actually mimic our childhood relationships. So most closely our relationships with our parents and other caregivers. And so when you're an adult, your mission in life is to heal anything that was left unhealed from your childhood. And you're going to begin to encounter that in your closest relationships. And it's going to feel like, what the hell am I doing with this person? Whether it's a friend or a partner, right? The closer you are to the person, the more vulnerable you are with that person, the the more challenging it's going to be. And that's very, very, very normal. So I really want to speak to that because whenever I post about my own relationship with my partner of almost 13 years next month, the more you know, I post about our challenges, the more people are like, oh my God, thank you. Like, thank you for sharing that because I thought something was wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with you. It's just very normal that these relationships are challenging and the more tools that we have to both ground our nervous system in that moment and to deal with, you know, the triggers with that person to really work through a system that works for us both, that we know like what to do when this happens, the easier it's going to be. And one of the things that always happens is one person gets triggered, they go into a trauma response, and then the other person immediately gets triggered into their own trauma response. And then we enter this very lovely and beautiful trauma vortex. Fuck the trauma vortex. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, oh my God, right? It is like the worst, most painful experience ever of these two humans trying to love each other and literally feeling so unsafe. And sometimes like they just want to strangle each other and they hate each other so much. And it makes no sense because like, here is the person that I literally love the most in front of me. And I just cannot stand them. I hate them so much. Like I've literally never hated anyone this much. <laughs> and what's actually happening is that you're perfectly responding to the past. You know, you're perfectly responding to your dad or your mom. And if you think, if you're listening to this, I got to say this, this piece, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I had a perfect childhood and I had great parents, but I want to strangle my partner like once a week then I have news for you. <laughs> the news is you did not have a perfect childhood because honestly, like nobody did. Nobody did. And a lot of times we think that if our parents were nice humans and they loved us and we loved them, then we had a perfect childhood. And that imperfect childhoods only look like, you know, something so extreme, like your parents tried to kill you or something or incest, you know, that is not the case. Our parents are human beings and they all make mistakes, right? And they all also might not have the tools 
to raise us in the way that we need because every child has very, very, very different needs. So there's literally no perfect parent. There will never be a perfect parent. There's def definitely, you know, different levels of trauma that our parents leave us with. But still, like, there's no perfect parent. And your childhood had its own issues. You had certain needs. And those needs were either, like, you got too much of something or you got too little of something. So your needs were not met. Certain needs that you had were not met. And now you're using this poor person in front of you to meet those needs. That's a very natural thing. And in the moment, you're very, very, very convinced when you are triggered that this has nothing to do with your childhood and that this person must meet your needs immediately and that they are the problem. They are the problem in the situation and they suck. Okay? But that is not the truth. The thing is that if that was the truth, you wouldn't be triggered. You would be able to be really, really calm, really loving, and just be like, my love, you know, I really wish that you just, you know, de did the dishes. But I understand that, like, you had a difficult day, and it's okay that you didn't. But can I just tell you, like, next time, it would be so cool if you did. Okay, cool. <laughs> That is an example of you not triggered, not reacting from your childhood. That is an example of you just being, you know, a human casually loving your partner and just making a request. But when you are triggered, it sounds like very, very different, right? We all have our own version. Some of us go into shutdown. Some of us go into rage. And some of us have a mixed bag. <laughs> Probably most of us have a mixed bag. So that is how you know that you are triggered by your partner and that you're actually not at all responding to what your partner is doing in the moment. And let me give you an example from very recent events. Recently, because of the war and all the crazy shit that's going down in our homeland, Tom and I really, really struggled for like ever since the moment the war started, we, we were on the struggle bus. And after like three weeks, that is how long it took me to understand that my biggest struggle that is happening is that I am not getting empathy from him. I am getting either like very heady cognitive conversations, which are one of my biggest triggers. What should we do? How should we solve this? What do you propose to solve this conflict? Or when I talk about my grandma, which I'm like so, 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 so whom I'm very worried about, um, I get the response of, she's going to be fine, right? And that is not helpful to me. And, you know, of course, like anybody could say like, yeah, that's shitty. And like, it would be great if your partner just expressed love and like, like really wanted to be there for you and showed emotion. And if I would have said that to Tommy, like if I would have been like, hey, Tommy, you know, I'm really struggling and it's really sad. And what I really need right now is actually if you could, if you could express emotions, if you could like tell me that's so scary for you, like I get it. That's so scary with your grandma. And that's so sad for you that 
you're actually grieving everybody that's dying, like not just one side. And that's like so hard. And nobody gets how hard that must feel. Right. But that is not how I talked to him. Nope. I was triggered. And so it was more like either yelling or shutting him off. Those were the, the two options. And the result that I got was him also being triggered. Right. So then eventually, thank goodness, we had our couple's coaching session and we were able to work through it by each independently understanding what is triggering for us. And I'm not going to speak for Tomin. One day I can bring him on the show. Let me know if you would like that. Um, but to speak for myself, like what was really being triggered was huge because when I was a teenager, I was I became suicidal because of not receiving empathy for my emotions of what I was going through in my abusive relationship as a teenager. So I literally found myself like two in the morning, sitting on my bed. Who can I talk to? Who can I talk to? I feel so sad. I feel so lonely. Who can I talk to? Like literally nobody because nobody gets it and nobody's interested and everybody's too busy and whatever. Okay, like the only solution is I'm going to jump out of this window right now. So, you know, that's that was being triggered very, very badly. It was also being triggered by other people on top of that. So, of course, you know, a trigger becomes quite easy to arise when we also feel stressed on in different arenas, when our stress is not just around that one text or that one person there's so much stress, right? And I, I have, I was experiencing also many friends, like not being empathetic, friends, like actually stopping being my friends. Um, obviously, the war was stressful. Obviously, like worrying about our families, all of these compounding things made me communicate in a way that was actually triggering to tell me. And oftentimes in relationships, we actually get into a relationship with someone who we trigger. So it's like, <laughs> that's why relationships are so challenging because we end up triggering one another. Um, and especially when one is triggered, then the way that they behave actually triggers the other person. So that's really huge. Um, and so anyway, in this couple's coaching session, that was so great. I was able to actually like express the tome with the help of our coach what I'm feeling and what's being triggered and what's arising inside of me instead of like blaming him or saying like you need to listen you know it, it was more like hey so I'm really struggling and these are the memories that are coming up for me right now and it's really really challenging and I feel like I'm drowning and I just really need your empathy. And he was able to see his response and the, and what arises inside of him at that request. And that is how we were able to actually work through it in a really efficient, actually effective way, you know, instead of instead of getting into the cycle. So this, what I just described to you, this example that I just described to you is actually what I teach you in my courses, especially in tre Treasures in the Trigger, but also the other ones. I teach you in these courses how to actually work with your trigger and how to actually work with your trigger 
is what our couples coach walked us through individually. So whether you're getting triggered in a relationship context or around money, around your work, things that are more like individual, the process is the same. The process is the ability to sit with the sensations that arise in your body and to actually feel into what is being triggered here. Because if you're just going to respond to the present situation that is happening, it's going to be highly unhelpful because what is being triggered is the past, right? So we need to go into that rather than really focus on, I'm not making money. <laughs> okay, I got to solve it. Okay, um, I'm making money. I am creating money. If <laughs> saying affirmations, like that's not going to help. We need to direct our attention to the past and we need to actually feel into that and to allow those emotions around that to arise. And there's a very specific, really powerful process that in all my years, like eight, nine years now of being an entrepreneur, especially that's how I was able to put this process together from my own experiences, from drawing on things like somatics and parts work and inner child all of those different pieces in order to create a process that you can actually use that is so practical and so simple, not easy. Again, this is not easy, but so simple and practical to be able to access all of those things coming up and to get into the situation with new glasses, to take the glasses of fight or flight and freeze off of your eyes and be able to enter the present moment with new glasses. And guess what happens when you have new glasses? You become creative, you become open-hearted, you become genuine, you become smart, you are able to access your prefrontal cortex where logic lives, you're able to access your emotions in a whole new way and it's just really, really powerful. Like you're actually able to make decisions, to communicate from a really beautiful space. So that's what I teach you in my courses. And it's it's life-changing. And I'm so excited for you to check it out and to walk yourself through it, which is even cooler because you can access them at your own pace, in your own time for life. So go check those out. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. I love hanging out with you. And I always welcome your questions, your comments. I would really appreciate if you share this episode on your stories, if you benefited from it, and let us know what you learned. And let me know what topics you want to see here because I would love to create those for you. Have a beautiful day. I love you so much. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please make sure to leave me a review so that more beautiful humans can get to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And please do share it with a friend who would benefit. And I always love to hear from all of you on Instagram. So visit me there at marina.y.t. I share really awesome content and would love to hear your comments about the episodes. Until next time, I love you so much and I appreciate you. Have the most beautiful day.